Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. Faith. How can we have more faith? How can we operate in faith? We're looking at uh, Mark 11 today and talking about mountains and fig trees as well, I think, Colin. The first thing that we need to understand is that God wants us to have faith. He wants to inspire faith within us. He is the author and perfecter of our faith. So, you know, faith really comes by the activity of God's word and spirit operating within our hearts and lives. And this is, this is a work that God wants to do in us. But it does require, as we were seeing yesterday, that we are honest with God about our unbelief, about our doubts, that we don't suppress those doubts, but we bring them openly to the Lord. We bring our unbelief to God and, and confess the sin of it and ask for his forgiveness and then ask him to inspire by his spirit and word that faith within us that we need in any particular set of circumstances. Now, we have in Mark 11 what is usually called the prayer of faith, and this gives us some very, very important principles to see how to express this genuine faith that is going to lead to positive results uh, when we pray. Well, I'll read from verse 20 of Mark 11. In the morning as they went along, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots. Peter remembered and said to Jesus, Look, the fig tree you cursed has withered. Now, we know that often when Jesus spoke blessing or healing, uh, people were healed. He healed with a word. Uh, 2,000 demons were cast out of one man when Jesus spoke just one word, go. Um, we know that the lame were healed. Um, Jesus says, pick up your bed and walk. Uh, blind eyes were opened. Uh, deaf ears were opened. Dumb mouths were opened just because he said, be opened. Um, you know, his words produced tremendous positive effect. But of course, it also means that if he cursed anything, it was cursed. He said, woe to you, Chorazin, woe to you, Bethsaida. Um, that, that actually means you are cursed. And Chorazin is a heap of, of uh, rubble on a hillside overlooking the Sea of Galilee. Bethsaida, well, people have wondered about the actual location of Bethsaida. Um, archaeologists now think it's uh, uh, some ruins that have been discovered um, a little way away, about half a mile or so from the edge of the Sea of Galilee now, because if that's the case, then in the time of Jesus, the Sea of Galilee would have been a little larger than it is today. Uh, but even so, all there is now is just a heap of rubble. I mean, there's just ruins. Because that's what happens if God curses something. It comes to nothing. So um, whatever Jesus speaks, for good or ill, will come into being. Now, the disciples were amazed at how rapidly this tree that Jesus had cursed because it was not going to be fruitful on, um, on the previous day. So in response, Jesus says this, have faith in God. Now, you'll hear some teachers say that that means have the faith of God. 
You're really stretching the Greek to translate it like that. It really does mean have faith in God. Put all your trust in and confidence in God in what he is able to do. But to do that, the, it means that you need to look at the situation as God would see it. Um, I, I, I call this getting airborne um, because he's about to talk uh, of moving mountains. Now, one of the things I frequently have to do is to fly over mountains, especially over the Alps. Uh, but I've also been to Switzerland, Austria, places like that, and you can stand at the foot of the Alps and see these enormous mountains soaring above you, very majestic, very beautiful, but seemingly totally unmovable. But when you get airborne and you fly over those same mountains, those same peaks, and you look out of the aircraft window, they look tiny. They look insignificant. They're still majestic, mind you. But, you know, they don't look like those big, soaring, immovable objects uh, when you stand at the foot of them. And... Uh, I, I always liken this, not, not that God is in the sky, but God can look, if you like, look down on our circumstances. And when we look at a problem, it can look so impossible, so insurmountable. But when God gets airborne, if you like, and looks down, and he said, well, that's nothing for me. I created the universe. Don't you think I'm able to resolve that little problem? So it's a matter of perspective. It's a matter of perspective. So what I believe this means is get God's perspective on your situation. How does God see your situation? Have faith in God. See this situation as God sees it. Then Jesus says, I tell you the truth, if anyone says to this mountain, now what is the mountain? The mountain is the need. The mountain is the problem. The mountain is the thing that in the natural you cannot deal with. It needs the supernatural activity of God, needs the supernatural intervention of God. But it's interesting that Jesus says, if anyone says to this mountain, he is not talking about somebody with miraculous faith, somebody with enormous faith, uh, somebody who's got a proven faith ministry. He says, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea. Well, now, that's an easy thing to do, isn't it? I mean, I've heard lots of Christians say, I speak to this mountain in the name of Jesus and say, mountain, be cast into the sea. Okay, so they've said the right thing. But what does Jesus say next? And does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. So, before you speak to the mountain, you need to stop and ask yourself, what do I genuinely believe in my heart will happen as a result of me speaking to this mountain. Knowing that I cannot fool God and that he sees what is in my heart and he answers the prayer of the heart.
So when you've asked yourself that question, you can be sure of this, that what you believe in your heart will happen. If you believe that by speaking to the mountain it will be moved, just as Jesus spoke to the mountains of need in people's lives and they were removed, if you believe that, then it will be done for you. That's what Jesus is saying. Then he completes this uh, instruction, really, to the disciples as to how to pray with faith. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it. Now what does he mean? He means you are so sure and certain of the outcome that you believe that you have received the answer even before you see any evidence of it. So he says, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. You see, faith, Julia, is not really a shot in the dark. Well, let's have a go and see what happens. Let's pray about this situation and hope that God does something. No, to pray with faith means you do the business, really, before you ask. So, you know, you've sorted out what you believe, what you expect, what the outcome is going to be, so that you can be sure and certain. Believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. And then there's just one other thing that Jesus adds here. He says, and, and. So this is an important part of the whole process. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Now, why should Jesus say this in this particular context? Because it doesn't matter what you believe in your heart. If you are not prepared to be merciful to others, God will not be merciful in releasing the answer to your prayer. Why is that? Because every answer to prayer is a work of God's mercy. Every way in which God responds to our faith is an evidence of how merciful, gracious, compassionate, and loving he is. We can never say, I deserve the answer, or because I prayed the right prayer, therefore I'm going to get the answer. But I just want to encourage everybody, you see, it is not a question of finding the right formula of words. I, I, you know, I, I come across quite a number of people who seem so concerned that they get the words right, you know, that they pray in the right way. Um, whereas what Jesus is saying, look, this is a matter of the heart. I mean, some of the most powerful and effective prayers I've seen people pray have not been eloquent prayers. They've, they've hardly been able to express in, in a, a sort of coherent way what they're saying. It's more just a cry from the heart, but it's a cry of faith from the heart. It, it, it's what is in the heart just gets blurted out in some way, sometimes in an almost incomprehensible way. But God sees the faith that is in the heart. And that's what he answers. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 